This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations, and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Yi Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun and Tonic blog. This week, we are going to be cooking up a dish in my kitchen. Since we're home a lot more nowadays due to the COVID-19 pandemic, I thought it would be useful and hopefully really fun as well for you listeners to learn a bit more about cooking and get to know a simple recipe or two. Today, we are going to be making a bunga telang kombucha. Nowadays, there are so many kombucha brands being sold at supermarkets and grocery stores all around Malaysia. It's the healthy new drink, with all its purported benefits and interesting flavour profiles. The only downside though, is how expensive kombucha can be. Just a small 300ml bottle can set you back 10 to 12 ringgit which might not sound like a lot, but it racks up if you have a couple a week. So that's why I haven't really hopped onto the kombucha bandwagon. That is until I discovered how to make it at home. And it's honestly one of the simplest drinks you can make. You just brew out some tea, add some microorganisms to it, and leave it in your kitchen for a few days to ferment and get its signature sour notes. And especially now with the MCO in place, with our budgets shrinking, with the supermarkets getting crazy busy again. For those who need or misses their kombucha fix but don't want to risk the crowds, try making some at home. It's much easier than you think. So, on today's episode, I'm going to be sharing an interesting localized kombucha flavor in the form of bunga zelang, or blue pea flower. It's the same ingredient people use for nasi karabu or different kuehs like bulut tai tai. And I learned this recipe from a new friend I just made not too long ago. And this kombucha, let me tell you, it tastes almost like rabina. And it's so, so surprising. So, without further ado, let's make some bunga telang kombucha. We're in the kitchen again today, and uh, we are going to be making something pretty special. Um, we're making a kombucha, but not just any kombucha. For those familiar with the drink, uh, you'll know that it's a, a tea-based drink that's fermented. So you take some tea, you put some bacteria and yeast into it in this uh, jelly-like blob called a scoby. Uh, which essentially has a lot of bacteria and yeast in it that will ferment the tea and will make it uh, a bit more sour, more acidic. And so with that, you get your kombucha drink. But the tea is the key component here. It, it ferments the tea. But today, what we're going to make is a bunga telang kombucha without the tea. Now, I did not know this was possible at all until um, I went to this bar in uh, Johor, it's called Shui Bar, or water in, in uh, Mandarin. And essentially, Vince, the guy who runs the bar, he makes like a ton of 
super interesting kombuchas, a lot of them based on flowers. So he's made Brumatalang kombucha, marigold, um, different kinds of fruits. And so I was just speaking to him and he shared with me how he makes kombucha. And essentially it takes away the tea component of it, which kind of blew my mind because his Brumatalang kombucha tasted almost like rabina, which is, uh, I think, for a lot of Malaysians, it's a really compelling flavor. But this time it's all natural. So uh, let's begin. Now, I have some uh, bunga talang here with me. They're just fresh picked this morning. I have a plant in my garden. I think I, I counted about a hundred flowers here. And so I'm just gonna add water to it. Okay, while that water is going... Oh my god, I found a caterpillar! Ah! Let me toss it out. Hey, friend. Okay. That's how you know it's uh, all natural. It's from the garden, so I accidentally took a caterpillar with me as well. Okay, anyway, uh, for about 100 flowers, um, I'm going to use 2 litres of water here. Just gonna let that fill up. Actually, I'll go 2.5, why not? I think we have a lot of flowers anyway. Okay, that should be enough. Now, I'm just gonna bring this to a boil. And while that is going, uh, let's measure out our sugar. So, kombucha needs sugar because that is what the bacteria and yeast will feed on and it will turn all the sugars into, well not all, most of the sugar into alcohol and then turn it into acid which makes it sour. So now for our water I'm gonna use around 10% of sugar so that's around 200 grams of uh, coarse sugar here it's all gonna be melted anyway some people do a bit more sugar, but uh, it depends on your taste, really. Um, I, I like 10%. Sometimes I might even go up to 12, depending on, on uh, the uh, ingredient. So the water is turning a nice um, blue. And I'm just gonna add the sugar in. So I'm gonna melt anyway. So let's talk about scobies for a bit. So a scoby is basically what is needed to make kombucha. It's what's needed to turn the tea into a fermented sour tea. And scoby is an acronym uh, it stands for a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast, hence SCOBY, S-C-O-B-Y. Um, and essentially, it's this jelly-like mass that sits on top of your fermented tea. And there's bacteria and yeast in it that turns the sugar into acid. So, now, when you're handling SCOBY, as I'm about to do, it's important to have your hands really clean. So I'm just giving my hands a wash. 
and also now that it's uh, COVID times, it's especially important. So, my hands are washed. I'm gonna take out the SCOBY and see how it's doing. Now, I've been making kombucha semi-regularly uh, for over the past year. Um, mostly it's my mum that's making it actually because uh, she's the one that drinks uh, the most. I've stopped drinking it for a bit now. But anyway, our SCOBY has grown pretty thick. So the longer the SCOBY is left in uh, the tea, the longer it's left to ferment, the bigger it will grow. The thicker it will grow actually, as it, as it feeds on uh, even more tea and sugar. So we have this SCOBY here and it's looking like super thick actually, like almost four inches thick I would say. So some of the older layers are not as active anymore, so I think we can throw some of those layers away. But if you can hear it, it's super squelchy actually. It's almost like a alien goo, it looks like. But the layers to this, and so, uh, for this uh, bunga telang kombucha that we're making, I'm just washing my hands here, the technique is a bit different. So you have to separate your SCOBY because it won't last so long in just the Bunga Telang liquid. So you separate your SCOBY, use some of it for uh, the uh, Bunga Telang Kombucha and the rest you keep, you keep alive in your tea. And then after fermenting it, after using the SCOBY, you can actually put it back together but just on the off chance that you leave it for too long or you forget about it, at least you still have some SCOBY left. So that's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to use some SCOBY for this Bunga uh, Talang Kombucha, but the rest will go in with um, the tea and then I'm going to keep it in the fridge just because I'm not really making so much anymore. So I'll just keep it so it stays, uh, it's, it's almost like hibernating. Anyway, our liquid has almost come to a boil here. Okay, let me just keep some things. Keep this uh, sugar. So, um, after your uh, liquid has come to a boil, you're gonna take it off the heat and just, you can just leave the flowers in there so it steeps for a bit longer, but you're gonna let this cool down to room temperature. Um, you can't have it too hot uh, because that will kill the, the SCOBY, kill the bacteria and yeast. Um, so we're just going to let this cool to room temperature and I'll come back then. Okay, now that our uh, Bunga Telang tea uh, well, there's no actual tea in it, but once it, the Bungatelang liquid has uh, cooled down to room temperature, uh, we're just going to strain it out into a big glass jar. Now, we're using glass here because uh, we don't want the uh, acidity of the kombucha itself to affect uh, the metal and seep into the drink. So, we're using glass here because it's uh, pretty neutral. 
So we're just going to strain the liquid out and strain out the flowers essentially. I'm just putting it in this glass jar. And I have a strainer. Just going to pour it out. Okay, all the flowers are out. And now, uh, I'm going to mix this with some of the tea that we previously had. Uh, just so it gives the, the kombucha a, a bit more of an acidic base to start off with. So I'm just going to use about 100 milliliters of that, just adding it in. And now, we're just going to put the scoby in to this jar. So let me just pick up the scoby. Now the scoby you can sort of separate it and cut to size. I'm going to halve mine right now and just put the top half in because the top half is the newer one. Uh, so I'm just going to put it in right now really gently and it should float at the top of the liquid. Don't worry if it doesn't, it, will, uh, it should float over the next couple of days. And basically once the scoby is in, I'm going to cover this uh, jar with some muslin cloth or you can just use just a regular cloth to be honest as long as it's uh, porous and not airtight because the kombucha needs to, needs to breathe. It will expel some carbon dioxide as it eats just like humans so uh, you need to give it some air. So I'm just putting a cloth over the opening um, and tying it with some rubber bands. So this is kind of like a wide mouth jar, glass jar that I'm using. Um, and it's worked pretty well so far. This one is a three liter big jar. So this has worked pretty well for me in the past. And it should do the job this time as well. No reason why it shouldn't. So the kombucha is now covered. And I'm just going to set this aside and keep it in like a cool, dark-ish place uh, in my kitchen and just let it sit there for five days, I would say. Now, depending on how sour you want it, you can leave it for longer or if you don't want it to be as sour, you can keep it for shorter. But I would say a minimum of three days um, up to a week, uh, maybe more if you like really, really sour kombuchas but that's a good uh, estimate to go by. So that's it for today but um, after five days I'm gonna taste it. it I'm, I suspect it will be pretty perfect actually as I've learned. So after five days I'm gonna give it a taste and then I'm just gonna bottle it. So usually for kombuchas you can actually do a secondary fermentation uh, and put it under pressure so the carbon dioxide builds up and it will sort of it will carbonate and become fizzy but for this one i don't really like kombuchas that are that fizzy and and also i don't really have any glass bottles that can withstand the pressure without exploding so i usually have my kombuchas not carbonated uh, but it's just a personal preference of course you can do a secondary fermentation but that's up to you so that's all for today i hope you give this one a try it's a really cool one Again, it's a recipe that I learned from uh, Vince from Shui Bar in uh, JB. Uh, so shout out to Vince for teaching me this and sharing his knowledge. And uh, for all you listeners, I hope you make this 
But meanwhile, stay safe over this MCO and I'll see you next week with more recipes for your lockdown needs. Take care now. Now that is it for this week's episode. I hope you found this recipe really interesting and easy to follow and it galvanizes you into cooking. As usual, I'll leave a link for this recipe in the show notes. But if you'd like to learn and read even more recipes, especially some crazy fun ones like kimchi carbonara and mooncake flavoured donuts, you can find those and a lot more on my blog at junandtonic.com. That's J-U-N-A-N-D-T-O-N-I-C.com. Finally, to listen to more episodes of Breaking Bread, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or on the BFM app. I'm Jun, and you've been listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.